You're listening to The Quad, a Killjoys podcast. My name is Annie. And I'm Chris. And I'm Stephanie. We are talking about the sixth episode of Killjoys Season 4, Baby, Face Killer. While we will talk about anything and everything from that episode, there won't be any spoilers for future episodes. So let's get started with our reviews. I thought this episode was okay. I don't know why. I just can't quite put my finger on it. I think it's because a lot of the characters are, you know, going off in different directions at the end of the episode. And I'm like, but that doesn't seem like such a good plan <laughs> because Davin and Jack go off alone at the end and I, and Pre is just on the ship and yeah, he's got fancy in his ear, but I'm worried about him having more backup. So I was like, you guys, this doesn't seem smart. But otherwise, I don't know why Dutch is so gung-ho about training Jack to be an assassin already in day two of his life. But, you know, at the same time, I did like the conflict it created because she's going to do anything to beat the lady. But Dav's got his concerns as a father, and I did like how he brought up Duchess Klein issues. So that was a good conversation. But again, I, th I feel like this episode left off with a lot of bits just hanging. So I'm sitting there going, okay, but the the plan guys the plan anyway so that was that was my bit what about you chris i actually really liked this episode i like that the show is using jack's presence as a means of exploring the main character's issues because as hard as it is to watch davin confront dutch about her history with klein i am glad that that's happening cuz their relationship has been evolving throughout the duration of the show. They're meaning Dutch and Kleins. But, like, it's always felt unresolved and far too complicated. So I appreciate that Killjoys is so interested in talking about how complicated and messed up and messy and confusing that is. Because, you know... I feel like a lot of shows kind of gloss over that sort of thing. So thank you, Killjoys, for confronting that. I don't know. I just, I, uh, I enjoyed this episode and all the messiness. <laughs> Stephanie, what'd you think? You know, I thought this episode was pretty good. I am still skeptical about having a teenager around, you know that whole thing. It often doesn't go well for TV shows. I'm glad, though, he has a name now. The kid has a name. And uh, I, I did like how they used him in this episode. Like you were saying, Chris, it felt like he did have a bit of his own storyline, but he was really used to bring out elements of dynamics between Davin and Dutch in particular, obviously. And we get to see Delsea kind of reflected off of him, which is interesting, too. I didn't really take care for the turn that the storyline with Pip and Zeph took in this episode, but otherwise, I thought there was some good stuff here. I, I wouldn't say it was a, a knock-it-out-of-the-park episode for me, but I, th I thought it was pretty good. I agree that it's perhaps a little odd to have Zeph and Pip like go off into their own storyline with a weird story about a brain spider. Mm -hmm. Well, the way that it's set up in this episode, now it just seems like Pip's gonna die. And the spider didn't really have much significance before this point. Like, oh, we thought maybe Jack was in danger for a couple of seconds. So at this point, I'm a little confused to the purpose of the storyline. And it kind of was getting a little 
Zeph is going to stand by her man vibey to it, and I don't really <laughs> care for that. Yeah, I was thinking about you, Stephanie, when I was watching those scenes, and I'm like, yeah, this is okay, but, you know, uh, yeah, I'm like, what What does the spider do? So Yeah, yeah. it's because the, the green froze, so it hasn't seemed to have done very much, but yet he was still controlled for a little... I'm just, I'm puzzled by that. And granted, I admittedly don't really care for Pip, so I probably wasn't going to be 100% all in on this storyline anyway, but this episode in particular, I'm like, ah, where are they going with this? I'm a little confused. Well, because let's be honest, I think we would all prefer to watch Zeph hanging out with our our main three Killjoys, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say Zeph with a girlfriend. A moment, a we know off. that that's what yeah. Stephanie wants. <laughs> Stephanie has made that abundantly clear. Spinoff with her Zeph and her girlfriend, so... But even if Zeph did not have a girlfriend, yes, a lovely, gothy, ex-priesty girlfriend, for example, <laughs> I, I would love to see Zeph hanging out more with our main cast. Yes. Yeah. Although I have to say, where was the ship that Zeph and Pip flew off on? Was it still just hanging around? Yeah, I don't entirely know where that Blackroot ship was. I knew that they yeah, had one. I, I thought they but... lost it at one point when Lucy went off on her own. I don't know. Yes, presumably they were they were flying the ships, you know, in tandem or something. Yeah. But yes, not to switch subjects, but I'm switching subjects. Because <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so to switch to switch subjects. I'm sorry whoever's editing. Since we've already talked about Jack, we should probably talk about how he has a name now. <laughs> and even though Delsea named him Osman Kinrit. Eh? After that was her my reaction. apparently yeah. terrible ancestor, not surprising, <laughs> Davin is like, hey, what do you want us to call you? Because again, Davin, all about autonomy and like, what is it that you want your life to be like? And so he eventually decides that he wants his name to be Jacoby. And I clutch my, my chest because, oh. <laughs> yep. Davin's face in that scene was pretty much the best thing ever. I just love how how they set that up where the entire episode Dutch is talking about how great the Jacobis are. She's like, ah, you are a Jacobi. Jacobi men never let me down and that sort of thing. (laughs) Yeah. And so he's like, yes, that is what I want to be. It it gets me, you guys. And it was a a turd, right? Because when we first see him in that scene with Delsea, she's like, oh, you eat like a Jacobi. (laughs) And she's she's not terribly thrilled with that, but... He gets so much positive feedback from from Dutch that he decides, no, that is what I want my name to be. Well, because as Dutch said, he's her memory nephew brother son. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, thank you, show, for acknowledging that this is very strange. (laughs) I did like that kind of fun dynamic, uh, those bits between Dutch and Jack when when they go into the the peep show and she's like, oh my God, <laughs> puts his, puts her hand over his face. And then later he's like, speaking of dangling bits. Are we supposed to use this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that dangling. I believe Annie said hanging bits, but yes. I'm not talking about <laughs> hanging chads or anything like that. I just, ugh. Referring to any of that. Did you not hear Stephanie snicker when you said that? <laughs> I did, but I was just like, oh God, I'm just going to keep going because as usual, I put my foot in my mouth. So, but I did think that was, um, 
kind of the amusing bits with Dutch and her kind Stop of... Stop saying bits, Danny! <laughs> no, I said... Oh, God. And he's I super did... into bits, you guys. I'm bits. I'm, I'm all about bits today. But I did think that was... I, I did love those moments where Dutch was doing the mother, nephew, brother, son, you know, kind of mentor-ish type thing to Jack and... Uh, you know, when he's like, is this supposed to be used as a weapon holding up God knows what from the uh, room with the bits? So <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciated those moments. But This season has been very kinky, I would like to point out. <laughs> yeah. As I was watching this episode, I was just kind of like, what, what yeah. set did they raid <laughs> that they got all these props from? <laughs> and and the, at least they were approved. Well, I'm wondering time. if they spent money on it for the first episode, and they're like, you know what, we're just going to keep using it. Like, we got it. <laughs> <Yeah. them." laughs> I mean, there is also that, yes. We're just going to carry it forward. But again, I'm just kind of like, was there some other show that filmed on the same lot? And they were like, you know, we've got access to all this. <laughs> we might as well write it in somewhere. Does your show has a, have a pleasure room? Ours did. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, can we shoot on there for half a day? <laughs> Yeah, the stuff with, with Dutch and her nephew brother son, it, it started out kind of fun and, and sweet. It started out, actually, it started out kind of sexy. I got a little turned on when <laughs> Dutch flipped Davin onto his back and then said, I'll take it here from here, Pop. I was like, yes, you will. <laughs> you can take me along from here, too. <laughs> it's it's the voice. She can say anything with that voice. I know. Uh, oh. She just had some particularly sultry line readings in this episode. Thank you, it's Hannah true. John Common. <laughs> I thought she looked particularly good this episode. I don't know what it was, but it's all the like fighty bits. A lot of people this episode looked really, really good. There's attractive people on this show. Mm-hmm. It is. It is true. Mm-hmm. But yes, the the Dutch and Jack stuff started out well first immediately sexy, at least in my opinion, and then it got fun. <laughs> And then that it got sounds so weird, weird though. So I know, weird I'm and sorry. wrong when you say I'm it like sorry. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but He's it got... her memory nephew, brother, son. <laughs> it wasn't sexy with him. It was sexy with David. <laughs> okay, there you go. It's important it can to be... clarify. It can be sexy with but Papa then, anytime. But then, like this conversation, it got weird. Because... <laughs> <laughs> like all think... our conversations. <laughs> and I think... This is my opinion, because you were talking, Annie, about how, like, why did Dutch go so hard on Jack immediately, is I think we see her have that flashback connection thing to Anila in the green space, and Anila is, like, injured, and Dutch experiences that injury, and I think that is partially why she got to her desperation point in this episode, is she was already feeling... The weight of the lady is coming. This is huge. I have no idea what I am doing. And so she kind of falls back on, well, these are the skills that I have. I can teach this kid. This kid is important. The, these are the co- tools that I have that to maybe protect him, help him protect himself. So that was just my thought about it. Did you have thoughts about kind of Dutch's building desperation here, Chris? Well, I think part of what's interesting, too, is that she refers to Jack as a weapon, Mm-hmm. So I think it's partially that she wants to protect him and partially that she sees him as a means to an end, which 
kind of echoes her own upbringing, right? Because that's sort of what Klein did to her. And so, I mean, they, they hit that aspect pretty hard this episode, that she's kind of treating Jack as she was treated as a child. Yep. So there's that aspect. I do think, though, that Dutch has a sense of urgency about the lady that nobody else has for a variety of reasons, you know, going into the green space, facing the lady head on, that sort of thing. I think probably the fact that she has faced her own mortality last season is probably also factoring in in a way that it isn't necessarily for everybody else, or at least it doesn't feel like it is for everybody else. You mean where she was willing to die as she killed Anila? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, basically going in ready to kill Anila, therefore sacrificing herself, only to realize that, no, Anila's actually not the scary, scary person. I mean, Anila's plenty scary, but really the big threat wasn't Anila, it's the lady. And now having faced the lady and, you know, all this preparation for war, it feels like everybody else is maybe... And it felt like this last season, too. It feels like everybody's less intense about it than Dutch is. Right? That's not just me, is it? No. No, I think you're right. She has a unique perspective that nobody else has. So, yeah. Did I answer your question, Stephanie? (laughs) Yeah. And I think, maybe this is me projecting a little bit, but I feel like, you know, Dutch is used to being very sure-footed when it comes to methods of attack. But I think here she feels like she doesn't know what she's doing. You know, she has this kid who she knows that Anila created, but she doesn't really know why. You know, she knows that Klein left her clues in her memory, but she doesn't really know what it's leading to. So I feel like that could also be a factor, too. Just the uncertainty, the extra uncertainty of all of this for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think all she really knows is that Jack has something to do with the lady's plans. Or at least that's the way it's been presented to her. Mm. That Mm. the lady wants Jack. All this talk about something waiting for her on the outside. Thoughts, Annie? Oh, I don't know. I think Dutch is just... Yeah, she falls back on what she knows. In terms of, oh, I'm just going to train him to be like me because he's got these abilities that even he doesn't know about. You know, when he saves her from the uh, attack and the when she's training him and everything. And, you know, everybody keeps asking him, well, how did you do this? And he's like, I don't know. So she's like, okay, this is a power that even I don't understand, but it's a potential advantage. So I need to hone it, hone his skills how I can. But, you know, at the same time, he's still a kid and she's still not the best. Uh, She's not very objective when it comes to her motivations for training him. Because I felt like it was significant when Jack walks in on her with the knife to the guy's face, Mm -hmm. she pauses. Like, that makes her step back and look a little bit ashamed of what she's doing. But then it's like she makes a decision. No, this is something that he needs to recognize as a reality. So I don't feel like she's necessarily... There's still some wiggle room there for her. You know, Mm -hmm. we were reminded in the first episode of this season, kind of her at her darkest 
right before she met Johnny. And, you know, we see that that is still a possibility for her. But I think here we see again, she's struggling against that at times. Like, I feel like there is, there's a part of her that doesn't want to be that, but maybe still feels like it can be useful and content and she can tap into it when she really needs to. And right now she feels like that's her only option. Mm -hmm. I did like how it, there was that echo from the first episode where she, again, she takes out her tools of the trade and says again, you know, I thought I'd never, I wouldn't have to use these again. Well, I think part of what's kind of interesting about it is going back to this whole evolving relationship that she has with Klein you know, as the series started, she acknowledged, she she saw that what Klein did when he was raising her, like, was not good. But I feel like part of what's happened is we've seen Klein's motives, and we've seen all the things that have happened that basically Klein thought he was preparing her for. Mm-hmm. So we've seen Dutch's view of that, and our view of that, I think, has changed a little bit and has sort of justified it in a certain way, right? Because he did train her in a way that has actually kept her alive. And he did do awful things, but also he did them for theoretically a good reason. <laughs> uh, I guess jury's still out on that, maybe. But... I think the fact that she recognizes that his training has helped her survive is also serving to motivate her to expose Jack to these same horrible, horrible things, mm -hmm. I guess is where I'm going with this. I don't know. I, again, I just appreciate that they're acknowledging that this is all very complicated and messy. Right. And I think in that disagreement that she and Davin have, he says that thing about, you know, you were abused and I'm not going to let you repeat the cycle mm -hmm. with my son. And so I think definitely acknowledging the fact that she's falling back on this because this is what she knows. Right. And I appreciate that argument that they have because it's been acknowledged that the Jacoby brothers also had a not good family upbringing their mom seemed kind of neglectful and their father seemed abusive. So it's just, it's sort of seeing the different reactions to those childhood experiences. And I think part of what I like too about like might not be the best word, but appreciated. Yes. I appreciated about the end of this episode, really the entirety of the episode is that we see them each doing doing things involving Jack that are basically just bad ideas. <laughs> <laughs> they mean well, but also that's not a great idea. And as with past actions and past seasons, it's like when they all go off to do their own thing that they think is good for the team, <laughs> it's sort it's... of never as good as it is when they're working together. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, don't go off on your own and make dumb decisions. It's it's a dumb decision. Well, and I can kind of understand Davin's 
you know, after his disagreement with Dutch, his need to want to leave the ship and go off with Jack. But at the same time, I'm like, Dav, Dutch is still the best person to protect him, even with, you know, the means that she uses. So why are and you Uncle going Johnny? On? Yeah. That, his motivation for leaving the ship felt a bit shaky to me because yeah. he's, he's t- taking him away from Johnny. He's taking them away from... I, I understand he had an argument with Dutch, but it's not like Davin can't set boundaries with her. So Right. Dutch is not an unreasonable person. Yeah. So I don't know. His his impulsive decision to leave, it felt a bit unfounded to me. I don't really know where he was at, coming from with that decision. But talking about them all reverting to patterns that they feel are kind of safe or perhaps reliving past childhood things. I mean, Davin, up until recently, that's been his go-to is he leaves. That's true. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. Which Johnny reminded him of in this episode. (laughs) So there you go. Mm -hmm. It's it's not good. (laughs) But it's not good in a good way. (laughs) Story-wise. I agree. It's very complicated, but it's... I like it messy. Uh, sometimes I like a story nice and neat, and sometimes I don't. And this show sometimes gives me both, sometimes, I feel like. But uh, that's why I like it. It's got some of the most complex writing I've seen. So Complex bits. I'll take those. Well, the other piece of the kind of Dutch Davin and Jack storyline involved... The assassin who showed up and tried to kill them for a little while, like they do. And I'm curious what y'all thought about his reaction to when Dutch said, you know, oh, you're working for the lady, when he got very mad and got all killy fighty. (laughs) How did y'all interpret his response to her accusation? I don't know. I always assumed he was working for the lady, but I guess he isn't. I don't know. (laughs) I... I think that we are supposed to think that he is. Okay. Uh, I mean, nothing was confirmed or denied, so this could go either way. But I feel like we, the audience, were supposed to go, oh, he reacted badly when Dutch said that, so he probably is. See, I kind of felt the opposite. I kind of felt like he didn't seem like a fan. But Hmm. I could be completely wrong. But can we acknowledge that he probably does actually know what she's talking about when she says the lady? Oh, for sure. Yes. Or he could be working for her, you know, because she got forced into it somehow or blackmailed. I don't know. Hmm. I did like the concept, though, of the, what did they call it? The white blade. Mm, I thought that mm -hmm. was cool. Yeah. Assassin's honor and all that. Until they get all killy fighty and then pretty much all bets are off. (laughs) As they do. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate whenever we get to see Dutch face down another assassin. Assassin, They are good fight scenes. Mm. Or as Johnny That's... called him, an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it just... Something about Hannah John Common, it just made her ex- extra, extra attractive. The killy fighty stuff, too. I am wondering if there's going to be more to come from that woman's face that they captured from... Dutch's memory. I mean, clearly, mm-hmm. it brought this guy into their periphery. And was that maybe Klein's purpose? Did 
because we've seen that Klein seems to know more than he really should, or he knows a lot, and he kind of puts things into motion. So was that his purpose, just to attract this guy? Or is there more to come from that? That is a good point, because he did have that symbol tattooed on his neck. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it could be a matter of, like, follow the clues. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's still more going on that we don't know with that when it comes to that woman's face. But I did appreciate how Johnny, he's always keeping the important stuff in mind. He goes, she's like, are you perving through my memories, Touch? Johnny's like, oh, your memories make my butt look great. There was some very excellent Dutch and Johnny banter in this episode. I, I, because I love Dutch and Johnny. I think they have great chemistry, but I do not ship them at all. I think they should be best friends forever and ever. And so, mm-hmm. like, if they were my OTP and they had these, like, great chemistry laden scenes, I would be chanting, kiss, 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 but they're not my OTP. <laughs> so I intend, I, I look at my screen and I chant, hug, hug, hug. They didn't hug, <laughs> oh, but that's okay. That's so sweet. <laughs> they're your OTBFF. Yes, they're my exactly. OTBFF. I think it's, the, they're the OTBFF for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if people ship them. It's not that I don't get it. I just don't personally. So I chant hug during their scene. <laughs> oh, I'm going to do that. <laughs> Sounds cute. That's so sweet, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> they love each other. They should hug a lot. It's true. They give each other good hugs. They look like good huggers. Mm-hmm. Well, they've got those good arms and shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Brought it back down to Pervland for you. <laughs> But I also thought Pre and Fancy had a fun dynamic in this episode. Disagreement. It's- okay. <laughs> oh, no, no. Sorry, I was drinking wine. You're fine. <laughs> Never apologize for that, Chris. <laughs> I mean, in honor of Pre, bartender Pre. Yes, Pre and Fancy. An entertaining pair. And I think we've talked about this before. I just enjoy when they pair up really any characters on this show because. They're just such good interactions because everybody is such a character. And uh, and everybody has their own very unique viewpoint, which I like. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I, I did. I love seeing the threatening warlord side of Pre when he's telling the, the scruffy guy, oh, whatever fancy does to you is going to be like kittens and puppies compared to what I do or something to the, of that nature. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Pre, your warlord side is terrible but so attractive (laughs) i've got to say i kept getting distracted by his wi-fi cheekbones (laughs) (laughs) oh is that what you call them (laughs) i mean they look like the little wi-fi signal i didn't uh, think of it at the time but you're absolutely right it did look like he had wi-fi cheekbones maybe he did (laughs) pre has his own personal little hot spot that he can put on his face (laughs) Well, and that's how he's communicating with uh, Fancy. So, you know, it's it's not a regular calm. It'll just get picked up on his cheekbones. <laughs> well, maybe he connects that to his bedazzled eyebrows. Oh, yes. Which act as an antenna. <laughs> I think this all sounds perfectly reasonable, quite honestly. <laughs> I think my favorite moment between the, the two of them, though, was when they were threatening the scruffy guy and... Like, what do you want from me? This. And then they just scan his hand and Pierce like, you didn't have to make him think you were going to cut his hand off. Well, he didn't have to shoot me. (laughs) Question. Was that the barcode scanner again? (laughs) Oh, it might have been. (laughs) 
I'm with you, Annie. I'm very worried about Pre. Him going in by himself is, it just seems like not a great idea. And I, it's terrifying in the rack now. Yeah. It's just terrifying. Yeah, because the scene cut to him in the rack and I'm like, ah, don't hurt our Pre. What about Gare Bear? So, um, yeah. But when Pre recognized he was in the rack, was that the rack symbol we saw or the yes. other symbol that Team Awesome Force keeps seeing? I can't tell the difference. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's the rack symbol. Okay, yeah, it's what I thought, because it was all, you know, scary and g- green and glowy in there, and people were kind of being tortured, so, yeah. Oh, for sure, the lighting tell. was, was yeah. meant to make it look extra creepy, but it was the rack symbol. Okay. I'm having trouble telling the difference. I'm impressed that you caught it, Chris, because I just, I don't. Well, you watch it on a super tiny screen, right? It's true. I do. Mm. Yeah, you're you're doing it to yourself. <laughs> I'll find you screen caps later and we we can discuss the difference. Okay. But yeah, I, I kind of, I, I enjoy the fact that the, I guess it's not strictly rack agents, but our, our team has taken over the Hullen Armada ship. And so apparently the Hullen or whoever have taken over the rack. They did, they did a switcheroo. Do we think from the, what looked like mutilated corpses. Do you think they're trying to recreate the technology that they use to green people up that we've seen them use in the past? I don't know. I, yeah, something nefarious is going on, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I'm just waiting for all the pieces to fit. Yeah, because we did not get really anything in the way of answers because oh. the scruffy guy knew nothing. Besides his handprint, that was all he was good for. So why do they have the kids? And what the heck are they doing with all of those mutilated bodies? It does seem like the result of experimentation gone wrong. But mm-hmm. yeah, I we we just don't know yet. Yeah. Because it reminds me a bit of the Anila's old lab that they found back in like season two, I think. Mm-hmm. With yeah. all the, the dead people in it. I think they're trying to do Red 17 again. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that might be something else. I'm so confused now. <laughs> Me too. You know, one thing I, I, yeah, I had a thought. I'm like, God, I really need to give this series a rewatch from the beginning. Because all the bits are floating around in my head and uh, they, uh, <laughs> you know, they get a little confused sometimes. By all the bits. Yeah, yeah. So just a smidgen of Delsea this week. She is looking a lot more like her old human self, wardrobe and hair-wise. Oh, Delsea, you're kind of terrible and kind of not as terrible as you were before. Yeah, but she still reminds me that she's terrible when she's like, when Jack's hugging her and she's like, physical contact is for the poor. And I'm like, ah! But she hugged him back before she said that. She That's looked true. emotionally affected before she said that. That was a crappy defense I know, mechanism. Just, <laughs> I was just like, oh, that crushy upbringing. But we see her exiting Utopia, going into Utopia. I guess she was exiting. Exiting, yeah. Because yeah. the thing was she was supposed to be boarding a transport to go to Crash. Yeah. And then she says, I'm not going to Crash. Where are you going, Delsea? Where are you going? Are you going to go find Adila? I hope so. I think I she's going to go, go find her, her girlfriend. girlfriend. There's yep. been a paucity of girlfriends this season. I feel like that is her intent. Yeah. The show needs Even more. Be bereft of green queens. queens. We need more. 
There was something that I wanted to mention. It's actually from last episode involving Johnny. I neglected to bring it up in our previous episode discussion. But this episode, we, we saw Dutch getting called out for doing something kind of she shouldn't have done, which is something I appreciate about Killjoys, that when characters mess up, they have to deal with consequences. And last episode, we got to see Johnny facing the consequences of him being Holland. He has that little nice conversation with Zeph about how he understands if she's still mad at him, because even though it wasn't the real Johnny who was saying those hurtful things toward everybody, he understood that it was still the face of somebody that they love and trusted saying terrible things and doing terrible things and acknowledging her right to be upset about it. It's like, thank you, show. Thank you. I feel like so often TV shows will want to very quickly move past, oh, you know, this character was possessed or whatever, and it wasn't really their faults and kind of just smooth those things over. So I liked that we saw Johnny being like, no, I get it. It wasn't really my choices that were in effect there, but I understand why you're still upset with me. I mean, if anyone would understand, I feel like it would be Johnny, who mm-hmm. was stabbed by his also sort of possessed brother. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Johnny gets it. So I just wanted to say again, I really feel like Killjoys exceeds my expectations when it comes to dealing with emotional fallout and consequences of people's actions. So yay! Yay show! I do feel like Killjoys is a very emotionally intelligent, it's a show in touch with its emotions, more so than most others. Yeah, you guys put it so eloquently, and I'm just sitting here going, where are the bits? I don't get them. (laughs) I don't understand how everything connects. (laughs) But emotional bits. (laughs) Yeah, but the emotional bits really work. We're talking about hearts now, Annie. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. I got it. I was just kidding. So we got recent feedback from listeners. From Nicole, she said, Killjoys is just a great show. I love that a platonic relationship between a woman and a man is the emotional center of the show. Women can be motivated by love. That's not about their being wives or girlfriends or mothers. Who'd have thunk? The supporting cast is great, and I like how the writers subvert gender roles and expectations. Priya is almost stereotypically gay, until you realize he's a legit badass with a complex history. Delsea is cutthroat and ambitious, and isn't made softer as a mother. Like, while I could quibble over some plot points, overall it's just a really fun show that fits right in with my feminist agenda. And then we get a short piece of feedback from Rainbird, but I love it so much. Turin plus Weege equals Tweege. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Stephanie. That Excellent is one of the best ship names I've heard. Maybe more ship name. <laughs> oh, I totally see it as maybe more. That's just me. <laughs> and from CR Sparrow, aka Wordy Blurred, Killjoys is a versatile show that goes from slapstick humor to deep emotional arts with ease. I love every character, in fact. The characters are the reason I love the show the most. I enjoy that they actually talk to each other, confront each other, and fight tooth and nail for each other. Us too, as I just very wordily said. Same. I love the bits. <laughs> okay. The the heart bits. The heart, the heart bits. bits. The heart bits. We'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode of Killjoys. You can send them to us at 
killjoys at askgenretv.com. We love getting voice messages, which you can send to us in a couple of ways. You can record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us, or call our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. Follow us on Twitter or Tumblr at Killjoys Podcast. And we are currently running a giveaway. If you send us feedback, we will send you a feminist Killjoy sticker if you want one. Let us know if you want one. Uh, maybe include your your mailing address if you want. Uh, I'm pretty sure at this point we are halfway through the season. I'm pretty sure we can get everybody a sticker who wants one. If we run out of stickers, I will buy more stickers from our friends who actually gave us these stickers. You can <laughs> follow them online at Fangirl Shirts. The Quad is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. To find our other podcasts about Lost Girl, Orphan Black, and other shows, visit our website, AskGenreTV.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the quad, or maybe the green space. Bye.